I just wanted to remind you that if you are here today, that you are not done and God is not finished with you yet. Amen.
to see you. Welcome, everybody. You can go ahead and be seated. And we got a great, great, great day planned out for you. I just believe God's going to do some amazing, amazing things in the house today. It's so good to see you guys this morning. You're looking great. Yeah. want to say welcome to those who may be joining with us for the very first time today, or maybe we hadn't had a chance to meet you. We want to say welcome, and uh, we would like to ask you to do us a favor today. There is a card in the seat pocket right in front of you, our connection card. If you can fill that out for us, hang on to it, and then after service, there's going to be some leaders out there in the foyer, the high-top tables, to give you a gift and connect with you for hanging out with us. And we cannot wait to connect with you. Yeah, and I want you to also know, for those joining with us online, that we've got something that you can use as well for a connection card. So uh, if you just look on the screen or those that are electronic savvy in the house, you can go ahead and use that QR code or text D1TEXT to the number 84576 and that will help you to better know how to connect with us and we'll send you the electronic link for that. Can we take a moment, give it up for all of the first time guests in the house yes. and online. Yes. Welcome. Welcome, we're so glad that you're here. Well, listen, we got a couple things we wanna let you know about. First of all, if you've not joined with us online before, or maybe you don't know that we're on social media, we would love for you to get connected to our social media, and um, we'd love to be your friend on uh, Facebook or Instagram, and um, we've got Spotify, we've got worship music, that's listed on Spotify. We've just got some amazing ways to connect with you. However you choose to connect electronically, we'd love to be able to partner with you. And I wanna let you know that we actually have a, a special thing that we're doing on YouTube this week. So uh, if you'll do us a favor, everybody get out your smartphone for just a second. All right, get out your smartphone. And I'm gonna invite you to scan that code. It's gonna be 30 minutes of worship, just nothing but worship. I'm gonna explain more about that throughout the service today. But just go ahead and link up with that, that QR code. And that's, what that's gonna do is it's gonna let you have a quick link to the YouTube of Just Worship for about 30 minutes. How many of you know we need to start out with worship in the day to just calm our nerves? It's hard when you start out with the news because almost always you start out with bad news, right? right? right. But how many know we need to worship the God of the good news? <laughs> and so this is gonna be a great way for you to be able to connect. And I'm gonna invite you throughout this next week or even this month to connect through that outlet. And you can go on YouTube through our channel and be able to get access to that as well. And I'll also let you know that we've got a family event coming up. Uh, it's going to be next so week. much fun next week. Sunday. Everybody say next Sunday. All right, so next Sunday night, we've got something special planned for all of our kiddos. But it's going to be a family event. Um, it's, it's gonna, we're going to invite anybody out that would like. But we're going to have so much fun together. And uh, we might even have some ice cream. I'm we might have ice cream for sure, candy for yeah. sure. How many of you were here for the Pirates yeah, last we had year? Our, we had yeah. the Pirates, yes, it was yeah. awesome. Well, this year's theme is the Lost City. Yeah. And we're gonna be do having that this, like you said, next Sunday at 5 p.m. Everybody say 5 p.m. 5 p.m. Yes, and this is for kids and moms, grandparents. 
your aunts, your uncles. It's a family event, and it's just going to be from 5 to 7. No, wait, 5 to yeah. 7. Yep. Yeah. And so you'll be able to get them home and get ready um, for, for school. school the next That's day. That's right, because we know school yeah. is starting this week. It is going to be in the sanctuary, and I'm telling you, this whole stage is going to be transformed. You do not want to miss it um, at, at our family event. Yeah, and I will tell you that we know that school is starting this week for many, but we also know that there's a lot of you that are educators that are teachers in the house, and we wanna honor you as well right after this service. So we're gonna invite you to stay right after the service for just a few minutes, okay? I promise we're not gonna take up a bunch of time. What we're gonna do is close the service officially. We'll wait about two minutes to let everybody transition out, and then we're gonna invite all of our educators, administrators, uh, and, and to be able to just stay here for five minutes, we're only gonna keep you for five you minutes. You can even time him. I'm you gonna can time, time him, no, I'm just kidding. Because we, all we wanna do is take a moment to let you know we're praying for you and find out how we can best yes. pray for you. and we have a little something for you today. So if you, like you said, if you work in the school system at all, we want to connect with you after service. Just come on down where the youth are sitting here. They'll get up and they're gonna be headed out there right after service, but if the, all of you educate, should people we come and sit in these um, rows real quick? We're going to just, like he said, keep you just a minute yeah. to honor you. Yeah. So uh, also, I want to let you know that this is the season of life groups. Yes. We're yes. back in business, yes. guys, and I'm so excited about that. And I know that uh, we use QR codes a lot. So again, smartphones, this is a great way to do this. You can get connected to be a life group host. If you want to sign up to be a life group host, and you say, well, Mark, I'm a little intimidated. I'm not a great teacher or preacher. That, that's not what's important. Matter of fact, we have, uh, we've created in the past uh, those who wanted to be life group hosts for golf, right? That's, that was your outlet. Or coffee drinkers, you wanted to meet up at Starbucks or whatever. Uh, there's all kinds of ways that you can lead life groups. This is the way to get connected through that yeah, QR code if you want to be a host. And I'll also say this that out in the foyer we'll have a chance for you to sign up as well to be a life group host for this semester. Well, listen, did I miss anything? Oh, I think we're did good. We, did we get it all? We did good. All right. We did good. We all right. So, quite so a few announcements this quite morning. Quite a few this yeah, morning. Kind of extra this morning. We want to pray over all of you because this is the time we get to give unto the Lord. How many grateful God's blessed you? Come on. He's been so good to me. He's been so good to us. I want to pray over you. You can see the five ways to give up on the screen, uh, but we're going to pray over each and every one of you that God transforms you and blesses you through this time. Lord, thank you for each and every person in this house and those watching online. And we speak a strategic blessing to be released on them. God, I thank you in advance that as we give of what belongs to you, God, your tithe and our offerings there is a blessing that overtakes us. You said you rebuke the devourer on our behalf. Thank you for that. And God, now we stretch our faith out to you and say thank you in advance that we know we can't outgive you. But we do give in faith, believing that you do give back, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And I speak blessing over this house and those watching online. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray it all. Amen. 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 God bless you as you give. Hey, listen, your elders are here and prayer partners are here to pray with you. If you've got a need of any kind, spiritually, emotionally, physically, relationally, financially, whatever it might be, I'm going to invite our, our prayer team right now, our elders. If you make your way toward our prayer stations, 
and they're going to be in the back by this exit sign, in the back by that exit sign, and up here in the balcony, ready to receive you. If you need prayer for any reason, they are here today. And if you're standing in for a family member or friend, that's okay. We, they'll be there to receive you in prayer as well. Would you stand up with us? Let's continue to worship God in song. Come on, let's invite his, his presence into this house. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Come on, begin to worship him right now. Worship him right now. Come on, let him know you love him. Let him know you care. Thank you, Jesus.
too good to not believe You're too good, Lord Father, we thank you this morning, God, that you allow us to see your goodness in so many ways. God, and I pray for us today, God, that we would recognize all the miracles that you do, Lord. That we wouldn't be so self-absorbed, God, or so focused on whatever distraction it is of the moment, God, that we would miss what you're doing. All the great things that you're doing in our lives, Lord. That we would never miss an opportunity to give you praise and to give you thanks, God. So this morning, we thank you that you are good. You're a miracle-working God. You are too good to not believe, Father. You heal, you deliver, you set free, you restore, God. You are amazing, Lord. There is no one like you. Come on, just lift your voice in praise this morning. We magnify you, God. We glorify you. There's no one like you, Lord. You're a miracle-working God. We thank you today, Father. And whatever the circumstance that doesn't seem like we can get through it, like we can get over it, God, we declare today that it's nothing, it's nothing to our God because our God does the impossible, Lord. You're the only one who can do it. And we thank you for it today. And we love you and praise you, God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, give God some praise this morning. We love you, Lord. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Please turn your attention to the screen. Who is God? And can we truly know him? Over the last 2,000 years, we've tried to envision him, sometimes even to the point of contorting him to fit into our box. Because of our limited imagination, we can fail to grasp a limitless God. A God who is three distinct persons, but yet one. Not only a Father, but a Son and a Holy Spirit. But can we truly know who God is? Can we relate to Him and trust Him the way a child trusts a father? As deep cries to deep, we all long to connect with our Creator. Knowing who God is doesn't just depend on us. He has already made a way for us to know Him. What if He can be known by His voice? and His Spirit, and His Word, and His creation. God is beyond our imagination, yet He invites us to come to Him, to know Him, and to walk with Him. This is how we truly come to know who God is. Come on, how many are thankful that we can know the wonder-working God. Man, you can be connected to your creator, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Can you grab your copy of God's Word? Listen, if you don't have a Bible, let us know. We'll gladly give you a Bible free of charge. We just want to bless you with God's Word. And also, I'll let you know that the message notes will be on the YouVersion app of the Bible. So if you don't have maybe a physical Bible, you can follow along with the YouVersion app. And you can grab your smartphone and open up your Bible to there. But uh, can you say this with me? Say, I am what God's Word says I am. I can do what God's Word said I can do. And I can become all that God said I could be. So today, I'll hear God's Word, I'll receive God's Word, and I'll obey God's Word because I love His Word. Now just turn to your neighbor and give them some kind of a compliment, some way to bless them, encourage them. Go ahead and do that. And then um, 
you can turn to the other neighbor, your second choice, the one that you did not choose to give a compliment to, and just give them a compliment. Give them a shout out, introduce yourself if you need to, if you haven't met them yet. Go ahead and you can turn to Ephesians chapter 3. I will get there eventually. Everybody say eventually. <laughs> I'm going to get there eventually, so just uh, don't worry, I'll get there. Uh, but we're talking about connecting to our Creator today. We're in that, that series of connecting to our Creator, but specifically I want to talk about connecting to the presence of God, to God's presence. To, I want you to be filled with God's power, but you can't be filled with God's power until you're connected to God's presence. And I'm going to take a moment, an aside, just to uh, start by bringing you back down memory lane. How many of you remember when you first got your driver's license? Come on, you remember that? The day you got your driver's license? Now, uh, I, I, now I want you to remember your first car, okay, your first car. How many of you had a, a really cool car as your first car? Put up your hands. Okay, look around, see all the spoiled brats in the room that got there. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. Now, how many of you, you got like a, an old clunker Come on, somebody. Yeah, oh, look around, look around. You're, you're in good company. How many of you would say you had what you would consider to be the worst clunker of all time clunkers? Put up your hand, put up your hand. Come on, come on. All right, uh, let, keep your hand up for just a minute. Uh, I'm going to ask you, what kind of car, what kind of car was it? What kind of car was it? 1990 Dodge Shadow, no AC, Phoenix, Arizona. Woo, no AC, Dodge Shadow in Phoenix, Arizona. You and you didn't even melt. I mean, you just. I got stuck in traffic for an hour. She got she got stuck in traffic for an hour with that with the and and you know what's funny about that car's name? It wasn't a good shadow. It didn't it didn't keep you cooled off in the hot. How who else? Come on, you had a really you had a beat up car, clunker car. Come on, somebody. What, what was yours? A Delta eighty eight. Was that the beast? The the boat? The I, I mean. That was like a yacht on wheels, right? If I'm remembering right. If you got into an accident, everybody else had to get out of the way. That's the kind of car that, uh, that actually my friend had that. We called it the green machine uh, because it was uh, chick repellent green is what his car was. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay. Now, I can tell you that I, I had one of those cars that they said an old grandmother had driven to church. Okay, that's the car. But, but I will say, she happened to have what I would consider a pretty cool car. It was very old. The car was older than me. Okay, you know when you put on your driver's license the date of birth and you look at your registration in your car and the car is older than you are, okay, that's, that, was my, that was my experience. But the car really was in great shape. It was a 1971 Duster. All right, the duster. I think I have a picture of it from my senior year. Okay, th yes, there it was. Now, I, look, that's the proof I had hair. Okay, I had curly locks in the back. It was, it was right, it was, it, I had lines shaved in the sides of my, my hair there. You can't really see that good, but I was business in the front, party in the back. That was a full-on mullet, all right? And uh, I, I don't know why I chose to wear church shoes, and sit on my car like I was in a White Snake video or something like that. For those of you that, anyway, I'm just saying that was that was so that was that was the car right there. Uh, but I paid 
for those tires and those rims. My dad paid for the car, I paid for the tires and the rims, and I can just tell you the tires and the rims were more expensive, come on, than the car itself. All right, you can take that off the screen because now looking at me and looking at me back then, I just get a little bit sad in my spirit. But <laughs> now, now here is, here is the reason that I bring that up, okay? I loved that car, I waxed that car, I washed that car religiously. I couldn't afford to bring it through those fancy car washes, so I had to wash it myself. I bought a cover, a $15 plastic cover to put over top of that car because I really, really cared about that automobile. Why? Because I made an investment in it, it was mine. It was mine. However, having put the money, saved all that money to put into the tires and the rims, what I realized later that I would need money for was gas to put in the car, okay? Now, I hated to fill up my car. Hated, hate, I still to this day hate it. I had to put at a dollar a gallon, come on somebody old school that remembers what it was like, a dollar a gallon, I had to put gas in my tank. But I decided I was going to be smart about it and save money by only putting it in, in $5 every time I filled it up. So literally for years, I put $5 in. I don't know, I was not a mathematician back then because I don't know what I was thinking that I thought that that was actually somehow saving money by not filling it up all the way. But for years, I only filled it up with $5 because that would get me to school and back a couple of different times. And, and that's really all I needed for the week, maybe a few trips here and there, and I might put in $5 again that week. But for some reason, I had that stuck in my head. That's all I had to do. And listen, I want you to understand what happened, okay? For those of you who, who know a little bit about cars, especially older ones, what happened was the upper part of that fuel tank began to corrode, and there was, there was actually that water condensation started to build up in there, and I almost, listen, I almost ruined the investment. It looked great on the outside, but it looked horrible on the inside. It was corroded on the inside. Listen, it was corroded on the inside, and because of that, I, it looked good on the outside, but I almost lost my investment because I was trying to just get by. And this is often what haps, happens to us as American Christians, especially in the Bible Belt, with our spiritual beliefs. We do what we can to just get by, but we don't realize in the just getting by, we're actually destroying the investment of Christ within us because we create a religious duty rather than a relationship with Jesus. And, and what I want to do today is I'm going to talk about a few things and, and before I get too deep into it, I just want to let you know as a disclaimer, before I start this whole thing out, I want you to understand, I'm about to deconstruct a few things, okay? Now, the reason that I do that is if you've ever seen a house or something that's being first demolished and then built back up, the reason is they have to get all the way down to the foundation level before they can do the necessary work to build something that will last what I want desperately is for this thing to last 
for eternity for you spiritually. But the only way I know how to do that is to deconstruct the religious mindset that has nothing to do with the Bible. So I want to make sure that I'm biblical and not just traditional. Understand, traditions are good if they have a biblical foundation, but if they don't have a biblical foundation and we're just doing something to do it, we're caught in this doing and doing and doing, and it's a bunch of do, do. (laughs) I'll say do again just so that nobody emails me, you said do, do in church. I don't know. (laughs) Think about the way we have constructed our faith. Now, faith is like a muscle. If you choose not to use it, it atrophies over time. If it does not grow, if it is not stretched, right, and used, it atrophies for lack of use. It withers away. And I don't know what you came in here with in your construction of spirituality, but it might not be as spiritual as you think. And most of the time, the measuring stick of whether or not it's tradition or, and religion or relationship is, does it provide fulfillment or does it leave you, even after you did all the stuff that you were told to do, and you were a good little boy or a girl, that you still felt empty? That's a good measuring stick. The good news is God does not want you to, to run on empty with the $5 in your tank. He wants you to be full, every last one of us to get filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, to be filled with his love, to be filled with his grace, to be filled with his mercy. And when I'm spiritually empty, I can just tell you, and you say, wait a minute, Mark, you, you mean you felt spiritually empty? Yeah. There have been times in my life where I have felt spiritually empty empty. And, and when I usually, here's the, if, if I can use the metaphor of a dashboard on a car, here's where the dashboard lights start to come on in my world when I start to feel a little spiritually empty. I start to get more vulnerable to temptation. I, get, I feel a little weaker. I'm a little more selfish. I'm a little, eas- I'm a little more easily angered. I, I start to lack compassion for others. I start to get cynical and critical I start to get insecure. I start to feel a little anxious inside. It becomes difficult to make good decisions. Why? What's happening? I'm actually drifting. I'm becoming distant from God in my journey of faith. But I've learned something about that in my spiritual journey is that if I don't connect with God's presence, listen, His presence a whole lot, I start to feel empty real quick. As much as I don't want to admit it to any one of you in this room, I have felt that spiritual journey, that challenge of spiritual emptiness at times, even as a pastor, as a leader, as someone who actually knows what he's supposed to do next. But that's been part of my problem. And I want to help you walk through the spiritual journey with me. And by the way, one of the things that I've often chosen to do is talk to others that I feel close to about that spiritual emptiness. And as I open up my heart to them, 
right? Because the Bible talks about iron sharpening iron, but the, the Bible also says if one falls down, his friend can help him up. But if he it pity the man who falls but has no one to help him up, that's why we're creating life groups. That's why we're opening the door to building relationship because we need one another. But here's the problem. We think that we're the only one that feels spiritually empty, ever, Right? We, nobody else can feel the same way. And the, the thing of it is, I can tell you, as, pa- as a pastor who communicates with other pastors, I can tell you, surprise, surprise, when I open the door of vulnerability and let them know I have felt at times spiritually empty, all of a sudden, I get in touch with those who also have said, you know, if, if I'm being real honest, I've felt that way myself sometimes. See, we get in this comparison game where we see people who we think are so full right? They got it all together. They are hashtag blessed. They walk as Jesus Jr. all the time, right? It looks like they're adjusting their halo all the time because they seem to be doing so well spiritually, but inside they feel insecure in their emptiness because they think they're all alone. And so when we feel all alone, we tend to isolate. And when we isolate, the enemy has us now. Because he wants us to feel alone. But friends, can I tell you, we are all family here. Listen, even people in this church with titles and name badges have times where they're running on spiritual emptiness. And what they need is an infusion of the presence of God. See, when our guard drops and we become authentic and real and vulnerable, all of a sudden you'll start to hear things from other church members like that are trying to be real and not just churchy, saying things like, you know what, I, 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 I don't feel like my connection with the Lord is as consistent as I'd like it to be. I don't feel as close to God as I should. I, sometimes, listen, I hear things like from great spiritual godly pastors and leaders from around the country, people that I love and care for, mentors of mine and pastors I coach that say, Pastor, I don't know how to pray like I should about this particular topic or this issue in my life. But what I'm hearing in that statement is, listen, I don't want to live on empty. I do want to get filled up full. I'm not so nearly as worried uh, when when we've talked to marriage couples in counseling. I'm not nearly as concerned about those marriages that are arguing as those who have stopped arguing. Just being honest. Those that stop arguing, those are the ones that I'm concerned about. Why? Because the communication has stopped. I'm not saying I'm inviting volatility into a, a marriage, but what I'm saying is this, there's still a desire to communicate. And as long as you're in this room or watching online with a heart for God and saying, being honest, I felt empty at times, I want to give you some real answers to help you in this journey of faith. But I want you to know, as I do, I'm going to have to deconstruct a few things. So when people admit that they're empty, the good news is, is they're being honest. And that's where true relationship can begin. Ephesians chapter 3. I told you I'd get there. Now let's talk about it. Here's what the Bible says about being filled. Ephesians 3.19. May you experience the love. Everybody say experience the love. Can you feel the love tonight? Okay. It says, may you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to fully understand. 
And then it's almost like the if-then statement. Here it is. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness, everybody say the fullness, of life and power that comes from God. So what it says in this passage and what it does not say in this passage is that if you just do enough things, you'll experience the fullness of Christ. Actually, what it says in reverse is if you'll just be in Christ's presence, if you'll experience his love, the true love of God, you'll experience fullness. And I just want to help you understand this, that connecting to God's presence is not as difficult as we try to make it. Matter of fact, when people describe spiritual emptiness in their life, they often say, uh, if I ask the question, well, what do you think needs to happen, right? As a good counselor, you got to ask them the question, well, what do you think needs to happen? Invariably, 100% of the time, they start to list out all the things that they're supposed to or should be, what? Doing. All the stuff you're supposed to do. Well, if I just get up, uh, I, know, I know what I'm supposed to do, Pastor. I know what I'm supposed to do. I know what I'm supposed to If I just got up an hour earlier, right? And then if I just read the Bible more and if I prayed more and if I wrote out my prayer request in a prayer journal and then if I could just memorize more scripture on three by five cards, if I just do that, then I'll be closer to God. And friends, can I tell you, a checklist alone is a recipe for failure, Where does this idea come from that we'll get closer to God if we just do enough stuff? It didn't come from Jesus. So where did it come from, right? Jesus, matter of fact, Jesus fought against religious checklists. I could give you a Bible fill full of proof on that one. Look at every time he talked to the Pharisees. We always, in, in Christianity, see, we rarely look at the Bible from a, a, a Jewish perspective. We see it from a Christian perspective. And so on this side of time, none of us really hang out with a lot of Pharisees. So in our mindset, what we think, because we see how intense Jesus becomes when he starts dealing with and talking to the Pharisees, we presume that these Pharisees were really terrible, awful, horrible human beings. But in reality, they're a lot more like us than we'd like to admit. Because they did know the word of God. They did pray. They did memorize scripture. They did witness. They did fast. They did some of these very things that we talk about in our faith. And well-intentioned teachers and pastors just like me, I've been guilty of, 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 of leading people to this conclusion without meaning to, is that some of us have been guilty of leading you into what we'll call a religious spirit rather than a relationship with Jesus. And, and just stopping point here, I'll just put a pause, put a pin in, uh, pray for your pastor in the next few moments because as I begin to deconstruct a few things before I reconstruct a few things, I want you to understand when Jesus started teaching what I'm about to say, they put him on a cross. So just religious people put him on a cross. So I'm just saying, like, this isn't going to be a shout you down fun type message as I talk about that. But if you want to feel close to God, you just have to do more, according to the Pharisees, 
right? You just got to do more. You got to pray more because Jesus prayed, right? You got to read the Bible more because Jesus read the Bible and then he not only read the Old Testament, he memorized it, so you better memorize it. You got to memorize more verses. What else did Jesus do? Well, he fasted and he witnessed. So we've got to fast and we've got to witness. And what else are we supposed to do? We got to pray more and we got to read more and we got to memorize more and then we got to fast more and then we got to witness more. And then we got to find a quiet place to do all that because a a few verses out of the 31,000 verses that are in the scriptures tell us that Jesus withdrew to a quiet place. So we got to find a quiet place. It cannot be in a normal setting, it's got to be in a quiet place. And one verse in the Gospel of Mark tells us that he did it in the morning, so we got to do it in the morning, so we got to make sure to wake up early. And then Jesus prayed on a mountain. How long is it going to take me to drive to a mountain to make all these things happen? And then Jesus rode a donkey. Somebody tell me where I'm going to find a donkey to get to a mountain, to find the quiet place. Are you following me? And checklists are created and rituals are made and a religion, listen, and a religion is born. Please, now now everybody stop and listen to what I'm about to say. This sentence is the, I've just deconstructed some things. I'm about to reconstruct, but I have to sweep off the floor before I get there. Here is my sweeping off the floor statement. If you think I'm saying don't pray, don't read the Bible, don't witness, don't fast, don't share your faith... You're crazy. I would be crazy to say that. These things are foundational to our faith. The word of God is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. This is the book that we love, that we live for, that we would die for, that we stand on. This is the effervescent truth of God's word. I I would never, ever in a million years somehow give you an indication that you shouldn't be reading the Bible or memorizing it, because of course, those are wonderful things. Praying, talking to God, it's everything. It's, it's connecting to your creator. It's being verbal and, and being vulnerable and being real and authentic and not fake. It's, it, it, but, but what's happened in our, in our Christian experience is that we've done this out of some kind of a religious duty to think somehow if we just do enough stuff, then finally we'll be close to God. And that's not the way the Bible describes it. That's not even the way Jesus describes it. Prayer and Bible reading and memorizing Scripture are foundational to our faith. And if you have a daily routine that is working, that doesn't create guilt and failure, if it's creating intimacy, real and fresh intimacy with God, then keep going. Don't stop It's good. That's awesome. But for the few of us in this room, or probably the many of us in this room, like me at times, who went on the Bible reading plan where it was a Bible in one year, and you read through that chapter or you listened to that chapter, and even in your reading, you were so distracted that you closed the book or you turned off your phone, and at the end of it, you forgot. You didn't even know what you just read, but you checked your boxes like a good boy. Are you following me? You checked all the right boxes. So now I get to have a gold star in heaven and God looks down and he goes, but child, wait. (laughs) I didn't want you to just read about me. I wanted to live in you. 
I wanted to get close to you and you read about me like I was the back of a baseball card and you were finding out the stats. Friends, you can memorize the stats on a baseball card all you want, but that doesn't mean you know the player that's on the front picture. And Jesus is desperate to have a relationship with you. God the creator is desperate to have a relationship with his people and we're missing it because we're trying to come through the law instead of entering by grace. It is by grace that you've been saved, not by works, so that, guess what? None of us can boast about it. And we, be, we become frustrated in all the stuff that we're supposed to do, and then it seems like a failure. And by the way, this is often why students, after they graduate high school, leave the faith altogether. Because they've been taught all the rituals of what to do, they just don't know the why behind the what. They don't know why they're doing what they're doing. They just know if I'm, if I'm really going to be in love with Jesus, here's what I'm supposed to do, all these things. And if you taught them that in a marriage, they would be doomed from the start. Do you know how many times that I have had a, maybe a disagreement with my spouse about a few things? And then, not having truly fully like engaged and made everything just perfect, decided to go ahead and like, I don't know, vacuum a floor or wash a few dishes. And then after having done it, what do I do? I don't just leave it like, it, like you know, I washed the dish or I, I, I vacuumed the floor or I did something uh, nice. What I do is then I turn to her and I say, see what I did? You think that brings me closer to my wife? Are you crazy? It's nice. Look, she's an acts of service girl. Like, like I could write a, a hundred love poems and that would be nice, but if I vacuum the floor, she's like, hey, hey, hey. I'm just saying, I, I know my wife. We've been married this long. I can just tell you. But if I do all those things, listen, and I do, and I do, and I do, and she starts to feel that it is out of duty, rather than out, the, out of the overflow of the relationship. Listen, friends, I want you to understand, if you really want a deep relationship with God, because the Pharisees did all those things, you're never going to thrive in a Pharisee faith. Never. And if that describes you, I want to help you so bad. <laughs> Jesus called people with an invitation to relationship. He did not call them to religion, he called them to relationship. Here's the progression of a few things that Jesus said. Matthew 11, 28 and 29 says it like this. Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary, carrying heavy burdens, and I'll give you what? Rest. Take, your yoke upon, take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle, and, and listen, and then you'll find what? Rest. John 8, 12, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, everybody say, follow me. You won't have to walk in darkness. Right? There's like an overflow. He says in John 14, Jesus said, when I'm getting things ready, he said, I'll come to you so that you will always be with me so you can do a bunch, of, bunch more stuff for me. That's not what he says. He says, come to me, follow me, be with me. This, my friend, is the reason behind the doing. 
See, here's what could have happened if, if I really wanted to make my wife feel special. After a little disagreement, I could be humble, right? We could come back, we could talk about it, either agree to disagree, or maybe I could humble myself enough to hear her perspective. And then guess what? You know what would be great is as I'm starting to listen to what she says, I, I start to give a little and she starts to give a little and what happens, we're starting to bond. And through that bond of connectivity, guess what happens now? I start to feel, listen, feel love. I start to feel love toward her. So what is my way to communicate? As I was when we were dating, I start to think about, well, what does my wife like? Well, she likes Starbucks. I don't like Starbucks, but she likes Starbucks. So if I invite her to Starbucks and walk through Target, the revival's about to break out in our home. I'm just saying, like, that is not the way I think of a good day to become a man. But real men go to Target. I don't even want to say it. Because I don't want to. Listen, but when we were dating, I was fine with that. What changed? All I was doing in the change was I was out of the overflow of my love. I began to find those things that connected me to her and it built relationships. So now I'm washing the dishes not to show her what I did. Now what you gonna do for me? Now I'm washing the dish with the understanding that it doesn't matter if she sees it. She's going to see it, probably. More, more likely, she'll see it. Even if she doesn't say anything, it's going to fill up the love tank. And if she doesn't see it or say anything about it, I won't be mad about it. Why? Because I didn't do it for her to say it. I did it because I love her. And this is the way we treat Christ all the time. And th that's why we feel empty. Look at what I did, God. Look at what I did, God. Look at what I did, God. And then you don't get one prayer answered and you become a petulant child. And I said I wanted this. And I prayed and I re read my Bible and I did all these things and I fasted and I went to church and I was a good boy or I was a good girl and you're supposed to perform for me because this thing's all about performance. You do for me and then I do for you. And that's how it works. And Jesus said, I already did for you. That, newsflash, that's why we needed a Savior in the first place because we tried to fulfill the law. We tried to do it all just right and we all have sinned and fallen short of what? The glory of our God. We've fallen short. Every one of us, there's not one in this room, I don't care how long you've been in church or how many services you've heard. Matter of fact, sometimes, sadly as it is, some of us that are older in the faith, because we're so tied to those things that we do, we've become so religious that we're the first ones to be judgmental when someone that comes into the church that's brand new and hasn't gotten, quote, all cleaned up like you have, we have no patience for someone. Think about how silly that is. No growth trajectory. Think about this. This is why Jesus said to the Pharisees, those who knew the law, 
They knew the word. They prayed. They fasted. They did all these things. And he said to them, listen, prostitutes and sinners are getting into heaven ahead of you. This is a cold word from Jesus right here. Because they knew that prostitutes slash sinners were doing all the wrong things. They were not being righteous. What did that mean? What what was he saying? Live in sin? No. No, what he was saying is these prostitutes and these sinners were coming to faith. They were saying yes to Jesus. They were believing on him as the Messiah. And they were starting to build relationship with God through Jesus Christ because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody else can come through the, to the Father except through me. You can't do it by works. You can't do it by religion. You can't do it by all your good stuff. And what was happening is the Pharisees' relationship with God had stagnated because they made it out of religious duty. But there was a trajectory from those prostitutes and sinners that was going on the uptick. They were loving God. They were serving God. They were trying to treat people right. They were, they were trying to do the right thing. So the Pharisees were, were, were let's say, up here, because this is what we do as people of, of faith. We often let our, our spirituality look like that you're up here and we're down here. And by the way, worship team, would you come as we close out? This is what we make it. We think we're up here because we did all these things for so long and you used to cuss, but you don't cuss no more. And now you got somebody who just falls in love with Jesus for the very first time and doesn't even know you're not supposed to cuss. And we're mad at them over here because they're cussing down here, but they're coming up to to love Jesus and you haven't grown an inch in years. And the proof usually is the way we treat people. Because the overflow of your connectivity to the Holy Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit, not the gifts. So you, it, it might seem like <clears throat> that I'm suggesting that everyone in this room is religious and no one has relationship, but that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is I've been guilty of this myself at times. And it's a hard habit to break Because when we do things, it makes us feel better for a minute. It's kind of like instant gratification, but it's not growth. It's the difference from eating Taco Bell because you're starving, because you missed lunch and you're on your way home and you stop off at Taco Bell and you fill up with all this junk food or what the let's not say Taco Bell because somebody here might work at Taco Bell and think I'm picking on them. Okay, any fast food joint that isn't known to be healthy. And we fill up on all the junk and we feel satisfied for a minute, but we feel like junk an hour or two later. We don't have energy, right? We don't feel, why? Because our blood is coagulating inside of these veins, like it's our hearts filling up with plaque and whatever else, like it's just not good. Now, if we took the time to go home and prepare a nice meal and get the salad there and get the, the, all the nutrients in there and we sat down, but that's not quite as fun because it takes time. So my heart to kind of close out today is not to leave you in this deconstructed state. My intent over the next few weeks, Lord willing, is to lead you through a progression of connection to his presence. 
The one way I know how to get connected to his presence best is when I stop doing and I start listening. The way, here's the way I do it. Matter of fact, if you'll take that uh, QR code for the worship and put that up on the screen for just another minute. Um, the reason why we did this is not so you could just do one more thing. The reason why we did this 30 minutes of worship with Dothan first. The first four minutes is like an arise song. So it'll wake you up a little bit if you just, you know, if you're just waking up, coming out of bed, whatever. But instead of putting on the news or grabbing your cell phone and scrolling through TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, see how many likes you got, how many posts, you know, other people had, <clears throat> all the comparisons that happen or whatever it is that you choose to do first in the day. Why not just let worship get into your spirit. Like I said, the first four minutes is kind of a, like a higher praise type song. After that, it's like 20 something minutes of, of like the kind of worship that would settle you down in your spirit. And whether it's when you wake up in the morning or when you're driving to work, instead of listening to the news or whatever, or on your way home or at home or before you go to bed at night, I'm encouraging you to listen to this or something that encourages you like worship because what it does is it settles your spirit where you're not really doing anything for God, you're just being with God. See, that's why Jesus left the earth. He said, I've been around you, I've been with you, but I'm sending the Holy Spirit because I want someone who will be in you because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. This, these walls don't create the church, you are the church. My title doesn't just make me a minister of the gospel, you are all ministers of the gospel. And the, way, the reason that they called people Christians, they separated Christians from Pharisees and what they were, the only separation was who they were putting their trust in. So friends today, I want you to worship. I just want you to worship. I'm not calling you to a checklist. Again, please don't mishear me. If you, if you have a reading Bible plan and it's working for you and it's great, go for it. If you don't have one and we can help you with that, we'd love to because reading the Bible is part of our spiritual discipline. It's a growth pattern that'll help us. But let the reading of the word be an overflow, not because of religious duty. Prayer time is so important. Talking to the Creator is so important, but people get so confused about what prayer is. They think it's just like talking to God like the pastor does. And they don't know how to do that, and so they give up. But talking to God is as simple as I'm talking to you right now. It's, it's just building relationship. Matter of fact, let me just show you the difference between that performance versus relationship. Put that uh, up on the screen, if you would, of the picture of yesterday when we went to the cafe. We went to the cafe. As you know, I'm not a coffee guy, so you can see I have a glorified milkshake in my hand from the coffee shop. But all, you know what we did there? We hung out. Does that look like performance to you? <laughs> like, it, in my mind, I wasn't thinking, boy, I better make sure I come up with some good stories and some good jokes so I can impress my children and impress my wife. I better hurry up and think of something really good to say. I better dress right and look right. I better act right. I better do all, I better get my P's and Q's in order. <laughs> all right, now take that down for just a minute. Now, pretend that instead of being at a coffee shop hanging out with my family, instead, I was, that, that you know, in your case, let's say your boss decides they're gonna come over to your house 
They kind of invite themselves to your house. Now what's happening? You're just, you're counting down the clock because you see, you know that your boss is gonna show up around five, six o'clock, whatever it is. And now you're trying to get your house ready. You're scurrying around. You're hoping the dog doesn't shed anymore before the guest comes over. You're trying to get your kids to shut up and you're trying to get the dog to shut up and you're trying to get your spouse to shut up. And you're freaking out. And now you're hoping that the food doesn't burn and if they show up a little late, that it's not dry and you're worried about the meal and you're worried about the conversation and they come over and now you're a hello and it's nice to have you in our home this is the way it always is nice neat and clean perfect just like i'm showing it off to you right now hoping there's toilet paper in the bathrooms and all the stuff that we do right we're, we're so consumed with our worry and, and then we're having conversation with the boss and I hope that I impress the boss to make him feel good about me. That's sometimes the way we treat our relationship to God. He's the boss and we gotta impress him. And guess what? Newsflash, he's not impressed with not one of us in our works. But he is so overwhelmingly impressed with who you are because he's your father. And he loves you with an everlasting love. It's time to come back to Father, where you can have relationship with your Creator. Let's pray about it. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity that we've had to diagnose a problem that you dealt with, Jesus, back in your day. It's thousands of years old, this problem we have. And I ask over these next few moments that you'll teach us to trust you, to come to you, to rely on you, and Lord, I pray you'd have your way in us, that we could become your children and create an identity that's so deep and rich and satisfying that we know you. For one day, we will stand before you. One day after we die on this earth, we're gonna go and meet you. And when we do, you said to be absent from the body is present with the Lord. I pray that we would think about that and say to ourselves, I want to know the person I'm spending eternity with and that I'm serving. I want to be close. If your heads, just keep your heads bowed and eyes closed for just another moment. There may be some in this room, you'd say, Mark, after this message, I, I want to know that I know that I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a follower of his. And I want to choose to trust him every day of my life. If that's you, would you slip up your hand right now? Just acknowledging the uplifted hand, Mark, that's me. Come on, all over this place. Whether it's a first time decision or a commitment that you're restating before God, come on, all over the place. Yeah, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Maybe you've been a believer for years, but you haven't been on the growth pattern to connect to connection. You got all the, the rituals down, you just don't have the religion, and you've, you've gone to religion rather than relationship. Maybe that's the time where you can raise your hand and say, Mark, between me and God, I just want to be closer to him. Come on, I just need to be closer. I just need to be closer. Just closer. That's what I need. God bless you. You can put your hands down. Now, here's what I'd like to do. I want to lead you in a closing prayer. And as I do, I want you to simply acknowledge Jesus as Lord. And if you'll repeat after me this prayer, say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I repent for all I've done wrong. I believe that you died and rose again for me. I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for changing me. I choose to trust you. 
with every area of my life. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can you just take a moment and celebrate those who've made a decision today to follow the Lord, to trust the Lord? I'm gonna encourage you again to take out your smartphone. We talk about smartphones all the time. If you don't have one, talk to us. We'll help you other, in other ways, but because so many do, we just choose to use that. But if you'll text D1WALK to the number 84576, we wanna help you in your journey of faith. And right now I'm gonna encourage you with this. If you'll take out this communion. See, I wanted to get you to the reconstruction before we did something of tradition because this tradition is important. It's not that I'm saying by this message, throw out all tradition, no. The tradition has meaning, it has purpose. And if we take hold of it as it was intended, we'll be fine. Our ushers are coming at this time. If you did not receive these communion elements on the way in, if you'll just go ahead and wave at them, let them know, just raise up your hand. They'll make sure to get this into your hand. All right, just let them know. Anybody? Make sure you wave them down, flag them down. We don't want anybody to miss out. If you'll peel back at this time, the top, which, which is the bread. And taking out the bread, the Bible says, Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread. We got a couple more, we got one in the back right over here. I wanna make sure they get it. Anybody else before we partake? I don't wanna go too quickly. But the Bible says, Jesus took the bread and he broke it. He gave it to his disciples. He said, this was my body, which was broken for you. Now, is this, does that mean that this is the actual body of Christ? No, what, it's, what it is, is a symbol of what Jesus Christ did for you and me. That his body was broken, that we could be healed. Matter of fact, he took a tradition of the Last Supper, that celebration of Passover, and he deconstructed some things so that he could reconstruct some things. And he said, from this time forward, my people need to remember what I did. Can we take a moment and remember Jesus, what he did for us? Let's receive this bread by faith. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you flip that over and go ahead and peel back the top to reveal the juice, Jesus said that after he took the bread, he took the juice, he said, this is my blood, which is a picture of the new covenant, meaning you couldn't get there by works, but you're gonna get there by grace through faith. And I want us to remember in the symbolism of this juice, what Jesus Christ did for you and I. Friend, every sin you've ever committed or would ever commit, he died to set us free. So when we take this, it's not just out of tradition or religious duty, it's because of what we remember. Let's receive this cup by faith. Now, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would teach us that every tradition that we're connected to, I pray we would be reminded of what it means by who you are, that your sacrificial gift for us. As a matter of fact, could you stand up and begin to worship God with me? Lord, I love you, I honor you, I praise you, I worship you, King Jesus. You're amazing, you're awesome, you're powerful. I remember you, I love you, God. Help me to have relationship, real relationship, and know what that means, God. I need to trust you with every area of my life, and from this day forward, I'm yours, you're mine, in Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. Come on, worship Him. Worship Him. Worship Him. Come on, sing with us. All the miracles we see. You're too good to not believe. never forget your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. Now, before I close, I just want to remind you, those that are educators in the room, those that are connected there with the school, we want to meet with you just very, very briefly. We'll close out the service about two minutes from now. We'll go ahead and just give you about, a, give you about five minutes to share with you a couple of thoughts and then pray and give you a gift. But I want to release you with a blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance on you and bring you peace. And may the Lord our God write his name on your heart and declare you're my child. No one can take you from my hand. May you know the love of your Savior that came and died for you and rescued you. And may you give that love away to as many as humanly possible. I bless you to be a blessing in your home, with your family, with your kids, with your spouse, with your grandkids. I bless you to be a blessing to your coworkers and to your boss. I bless you to be a blessing to your neighbors, your neighborhood, those that are beside you and around you. I bless you to bless this city with the presence and power and fullness of Almighty God. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Did you get anything out of today? I pray you did. Hey, we love you. Listen, educators, stay here. Everyone else, you're dismissed. We'll see you this Wednesday or next Sunday. And I'll encourage the first-time guests, make sure that you let us know on your way out. Some of our leaders are out there ready to greet you and give you a gift for hanging out with us. We'll see you soon.